Awesome. We give God the praise for everything that is happening here. And uh, I thank the Lord for what he's done, doing in the worship team. I just feel like, you know, it's like you're barbecuing chicken or something like that. And you didn't get it right. It was missing an ingredient. Well, they just keep adding ingredients. And I'm loving that chicken. Yeah. Amen. What, what is it that our God cannot do? When we stand firm in his principles, when we just choose to believe as he revealed his truths to our hearts, we just choose to believe. Amen. So precious folks, let me just pray that God would do something here this morning that I cannot do. And then you, you all may be seated after. Father, we give you praise this morning. We thank you, Jesus. We praise and we adore you. And these are not just words, O oh Lord, for they emanate from our hearts, from our spirits, O oh Lord God Almighty. For we have identified with you because of your love for us. We want to express it back to you. Our love, our adoration, our thankful and gratefulness before you this morning. We are honored to be in your presence. And more than anything, we want you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, by your spirit to come and have your way this morning. With your beautiful people that you went on the cross and paid for. And we subject ourselves to you now, Father, and say thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. I had a, I had a message um, from the Lord that you know He gave me. I believe the Lord gave me a message yesterday evening, and I was putting it together, and I was uh, you know had it all settled. But when I woke up this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit was ministering to me, and you know. When, he, when the Spirit of God wants to make a point to you, He will make that point. So I just had to um, write down a couple of scriptures that He gave me that we might be in the proper frame of mind to receive the other word that the Lord gave me. I forgot for that. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 3. And verses... 1 1 Corinthians 3 I hope you know folks I hope you know we are in the school of the spirit I hope you know we are being taught we are being educated we are being prepared we are not here for religious purposes for religious purposes this here is the place that you God gives poor wisdom, knowledge, not through the mouth of a man. No. But if he call a man and put here, and that man speak accordingly, I tell you what will happen. It's that the spirit of God, the impregnable spirit of God, will do something inside of us all, as by faith we receive that word. So the fact that we have not been doing an amazing job in the body of Christ is nothing on God and everything on us, and including me. And my whole idea is to get better. Get better in your whatever it is that you do in life, we constantly improve. But I'm telling you, I'm giving the utmost effort to becoming a better disciple of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. First Corinthians 3 and verses 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Paul speaking to the church at Corinthians here. And he said, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like men? And the point the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart this morning. Do you know that when you go in your prayer closet many times, you dictate what God speaks to you? You can actually serve up God a formula of what you want Him to speak to you. Paul is being used by the Spirit of God to speak to these people. And he's saying, up to this point, you have prevented God from feeding you with the milk of the Word. And the conversation that you're having with God that sometimes excites you, and you run, oh, I heard the voice of God, it wasn't that good. It's always amazing to hear from God because He's going to take you from where you are and bring you to the next level. But what He wants to do is have a different exchange with you, one that is more mature. I don't celebrate, yes, I celebrate, I should say, I celebrate every time the Lord speaks to me. But some things, I get the message that He's communicating to me. I have taught you this principle and you're still at the same place. You can create all different kind of scenarios that dictate what God speaks to you. That means you, didn't even, you don't even need to pray to Him to find out. It's so comical. Because on many occasions, we have heard the word over and over and over again. You can create situations in the natural that dictate that God speaks to you. Because you could go to a city or a country that God did not send you. So if the Lord did not intend for you to go to that place geographically, and you went there on your own, what is it God that, and you go before the Lord, and you're asking the Lord, why is it that you're not prospering in this place? What is the Lord going to say to you? Wrong city, wrong country, wrong job, wrong school. And now we ask that is a conversation that you dictated and you led. See that? So what happens now, even when you form relationships or, or even when you have family relationships and so forth like that, that get in between God actually speaking to you. I hope you know he's still speaking to you because you're his child. He's giving you an inferior word. He doesn't want to talk to you about that. Many things that we are talking to our, our children about, we should not be talking to them about because we taught them differently. We want them to mature that we might have another conversation. And that's why I did my homework. You know, thank God I did not have too many things or people in life that could hold me back from hearing God's voice. And that's why if you know this evening scripture, many of the people that the Lord used were loners. Loners. They walked alone. And God specifically did that. Because if they don't have the strength, many times, to overcome even the voice of whether it be the wife, the husband, the mother, the father, that can keep you in bondage. And God will keep up. The, the, the thing with that is that you will still hear from God. 
but not what he wants to speak to you. I found that out really quick. And I go, well, thank God I'm free. I have no attachment to anybody. And I have my wife, but you know, if she's getting in my way or vice versa, we address each other. Listen, this area that you're stepping on here, this is between me and God. Back down here, boy. And I tell her to tell me that. I told her, I said, listen, if I get between you and God, kick me to the curb. I know. This is the deeper things. I'm telling you, the, the things that can steal your destiny. How deep this thing go? That's why God had Paul, a man that is so rigid and so strong and so, so mighty. I'm not, I'm not going to allow anything to counsel me contrary to the will of God in my life. And then God is having a conversation with me based on that scenario that I have created. It's the understanding that the Holy Spirit has given me. I mean, it's not the first I'm coming into this understanding. So there are, like I always put it, horizontal relationships. And there are guidelines on how you deal with every single horizontal relationship. The wife, the husband, the mother, the brother, the sister, all of those are secondary to the vertical one. And then at individual level, not a individual level, even though we are here in the body of Christ, but God is actually dealing with each person as an individual, not only as a package. That there is another scenario that you can create on your own and God is loving. The Bible said that God will lead you according to the multitudes of idols that you have in your heart. These idols, if we really were to break them down and go, you would, you would not believe. It would take us a hundred years to deal with them one by one by one. They're all over the place. It takes a, it takes a militant, single-minded person. Single-minded. And you have to be committed to this single-mindedness. And that's why we say, build character, the char character of Christ inside of you. If you don't, single-mindedness, you cannot be single-minded. So I thank God. That's one, one thing he did from very early. He shifted and moved. And I don't know what to do unless he speaks. And there are certain things I must hear from him and him only. I, I thank God for the prophetic people and the prophets. But there are moments in my walk with God when nobody can talk to me unless the Lord hammer it in my head because I have an expectation that as a in the role that God has called me not only as a son of God but also in the ministerial role I have an expectation from God I expect certain things because he, he spoke to me and got me involved in big business and then told me about the consequences so I have high I put high demand on God to speak to me accordingly in regards to what he has me doing. Or else where is my confidence going to come from? It's the boldness that we must deal with God with, you know. It's that confidence that he wants. It's not the, the, the timid mentality. No. How do you walk in dominion? 
Or do you walk in kingdom authority? The Lord did it this way. This is the agreement that he gave to us, human beings. Hello, this creation. And I go and I said, when I heard this message, I said, that sounds like a fine deal to me. And my real estate is in, my background is in real estate. And I know a good deal when I see it. That's why I, I go, I flush the real estate. I said, this is a better deal. I'm taking this one. Amen. I hope that grants you some understanding about some of the more detailed work that you have to do if you are going to partner with the Spirit of God and get Him to speak to you what is on His heart because you have nothing and I learned this from John Bevere very early he said when you go to God make sure that you go at zero you do because God is going to lead you God is going to lead you based on the idols that are in your heart Meanwhile, he has a divine plan for you. Didn't he do that with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt? I always use this example. Did he not lead them the way of the desert? Because they didn't have faith? Amen. This morning I want to talk um, really quick about how to receive a spiritual breakthrough. How to receive a spiritual breakthrough. And I thank God that the Lord has laid I don't, I'm not going to say that the foundation is totally laid. But there are some principles that we are teaching this on now. Okay? When we're talking about God giving you breakthrough, it, you, we have to stand on some other principles that we have, we have um, spoken about by the grace of God. We have spoken about some of them already. Now, if one of those principles you're reflecting now and you're saying there are a few of those principles that I never really stepped into I, not, I did not allow them to be activated in me then that might be the breakthrough that you need this morning everybody's breakthrough is a different breakthrough some people are looking for healing in their bodies some healing from trauma some are you know just different things of the mind don't think naturally necessarily don't think financially necessary because many times we talk about breakthrough and we, we begin to see the money coming already oh here comes the money right i'm not even talking to god about money because he already he already crammed the earth with gold and silver and all of that type of stuff those are secondary things i'm asking god for the spiritual blessings i know that once i you know embrace the teachings and so forth I know the money factor and those things will come and then when it comes we'll take the, the money and all of that because of the character that God has formed inside of us and do the work that he wants us to do we couldn't care less about all of the things down here because we're storing up our treasures in heaven so how to receive a spiritual breakthrough uh, and let's define breakthrough a sudden intervention of God to remove any obstacle and move us to where he wants us to be and it requires a breakthrough anointing or the spirit of might huh. sorry Diane the spirit of might you know why is it took it like a champ Diane is jumping all over the place <laughs> oh, for those who are online when you come in the building, you'll understand some of the other things that we're talking about. We bless you in the meanwhile. Amen?
Alright, let's go to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 6 and verses uh, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his, of his might. I hope you know that everything that Jesus Christ accomplished for you and I on that cross, I hope you know that there is a royal battle on for that. For you, for you to cause that thing to materialize on the earth, that you might behold it with your own eyes. God Almighty, there is a battle, a war, but don't go buy no guns and knives. It's a spirit thing we're talking about. It's a spiritual battle. For all of those people who like to go, Jesus already did everything on that cross, let me just cruise in it like that. No, no, no. There's no cruising for you. You're not going to enjoy the spoils of battle. Go read your Bible. You're not going to enjoy it. You have to. I know. Some people go, you know, why is so aggressive? The spirit of might. Don't, don't worry about this blob of flesh that they're going to lay under the ground. Pretty soon. That, that This is just here. That my spirit might operate on the earth. Don't worry about this. What is allowing this expression in me is because my spirit is on the inside now just fired up and excited. Some people see that and they look at this. I'm under no illusion that there's any value in this. So let me, let me deal with that factor that sometimes you have in your, um, in your mind. This is not even worth a buck and 20 cents. I admit to you that nothing good is in my flesh. So you will never, you will, those, those of us that are hearing now will never say he's cocky again because he told you that he ain't worth a dollar and 25 cents. So how can you call me cocky after this? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Hello. Words, expressions, tones are used in your everyday business and your everyday work. So yeah, when we're going to make a point on a spiritual perspective, we're going to put a little bit of energy in it too. Amen? And that's why God calls some characters that are a little bit weird. That people might not fall asleep in the pews. You know? Or I might have to send the anointing and wisely and let him cry and wake you all up. Hello and good morning. If you want breakthrough from Christ, huh, do you want breakthrough in your life? Do you want to be used by God? Do you want to be sent on your way like Elijah when he ran before the chariots of hell? Oh, God Almighty, convince God that you want it. I'm telling you that. After I begin to hear and hear and hear, oh, I begin to go in my closet and do business with God. Oh, so much excitement was in my closet by the Spirit of God. God had to answer my prayers. I'm convincing God. I'm persuading God. Oh, because he has written a lot in his book here. Ha! I'm a little excited this morning. Number one, how to receive a spiritual breakthrough. Number one, you have to, number one, refuse to tolerate the situation anymore. I have had, my prayer was, I have had enough of being on this planet, okay? And the most interesting thing that they can tell me to do is to go make a lot of money and buy a house and a car and potentially a plane 
and then travel and go on the beaches of the world. And I assessed that very quickly at the age of somewhere around 15 to 17. And I go hogwash, not interested. So, that every, so I can put my face, my picture on Facebook and Instagram. Showing off the new ride, showing off the new car. And then, whoa, when I get in the plane, showing off the new plane. Hello. Not interested. I hope, I hope that God can get us. Every man in the pew, everyone online can come to this position. Get to the end of yourself. Seek God in desperation. You can't, you have to refuse. Listen, God, I've been here long enough. And if you tell me that I need to be here, and because you designed it, I, I can deal with that. But if a demon from hell is holding me here, or a man that breathed breath like myself, then I need you now to do something. Because you didn't create man to have rulership over other men. So you, that there's a, somebody was talking to me this morning, there's a courthouse in heaven. Yeah, I agree. And I take my, my case there, and I say, Lord, I stay in prayer long enough. Huh! And I say, Lord, I'm being hindered by a devil. And you are God. And you say, I'm your son. And I say, you have power. How about wheel in your hand now? Huh? How about this patching one of those angels that I hear that is in your word that they are ministering spirits and let them give me breakthrough. When you get to the end of it and say, I ain't tolerating this spiritual level anymore. No, no, no. Not this spiritual level. That's what we're saying. Listen, build character, you know. Build character before you come here. Right? Because the conversation that God will have with you, wants to have with you here, is being stymied, held back by something else that he told you down here. Forge character. Because when the anointing and the grace of God come on your life, every time Dick and Harry will be calling you to pull you into this, all this sensationalism that is on the earth. When it comes on to kingdom business. They want you. Now you see the avenue open for you to be a successful minister, a traveling minister. And you forget about the Holy Spirit that gave you the breakthrough. Character. Character. People call me to preach and do all different types of things. Let me tell you something. I find them boring. If you have a church with 500 people and you think I'm going to be more excited to come and preach there next week and you didn't go and pray and ask the Holy Spirit that is speaking to me you and your 500 people are boring and if you have a church with a hundred thousand members and you go you know what if you write a book I can disperse it in my arm congregation and you can say and I have online followers of another million and you didn't go and pray before you asked me to read the book to write the book you and your hundred thousand followers are boring Hello. The only opportunities I want, the only opportunities that I want are the ones that the Spirit of God will open up the door for me to have. That's it. I don't need the other rest. Character. 
Yeah, if you embody that, you can ask God for the breakthrough now. Let's look at the um, scripture here. Let's go to 2 Kings 6 and verses 24. so excited about the future and what God is going to do what he is already doing I hope you know some of you are observing this we're coming up from the rubble we're rising from the rubble observe as we rise observe as we lay out spiritual principles and depend solely on God and he grants us increase and blessings because we are taking his word seriously Second Kings 6, 24. And it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. Besieged them, meaning cut off their supplies from going in and out. No food items, no water, unless it rains. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. My father... That must be a big donkey head with a lot of meat on the inside. Well, I hope you know they didn't, they weren't buying the donkeys here to put, to, to, um, you know, put a figurine in their homes. This was a meal. And one fourth of a cup of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. That one, I'm not even allowing my imagination to go there. I think they were using it for um, fuel. Because I heard it can be done. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on, by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, Help my lord, O king. And he said, If the lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the winepress? Then the king said to her, What is troubling you? And she answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat of him today famine, eh? hunger, eh? what he will cause us to do. And we will eat my son tomorrow. Wow, look at this now. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. You, my God Almighty, let me not spend too much time on that. But hunger can cause man to do this. And how long were they going to live? Because apparently the, the first one was only enough for one week, one day's meal. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall, the people looked. And there, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. Then he said, he was mourning, was praying. Then he said, God do so to me and more also if the head of Elijah... Elisha, the prophet, the son of Snaphat, remains on him today. So the king, at least this king, the king back in those days had a little bit of brain. Unlike our political leaders, at least they knew that when there was drought, when there was sickness, they needed to find a man that was anointed by God, that they might hear from the Lord. Except for these intellectual uh, dummies that we're voting into um, office. Somebody said that they're coming from me. Good. Bring guns and come. Ready to go up to heaven if that's what it takes. But they can't kill me until God sign off on my death certificate. So as so long as I'm up here, I'm going to shoot. 
every opportunity I get because these people are leading a lot to stray, a lot to hell. Let's go back to the word. Look at this now. But Elisha, the man of God, was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him. And the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, look at this now. You see what? When you have relationship with God and man is in his house saying that he's going to kill you. And look at what the prophet is saying now. Do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. The messenger is not at the door as yet. And God already signaled him that they're coming for you. And look what he says now. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? He know the king is coming also. And while he was still talking with them, there was the messenger coming down to him. And then the king said, Surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? And I know that, you know, if the Lord had planned it any other way, he would have given Elisha the signal a long time ago, and he would have packed his bag and headed out. But the Lord designed it that he would stay and speak these words. Verses 7. Then Elijah said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. This is the prophet speaking the Lord's word now. And verses 2, So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered, the man of God answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? I mean, they were just eating up each other's children. So where is this miracle going to come from? That's what this man is actually saying. And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Unbelief. Doubt towards God. What is that? Before we move on, where are you this morning as we talk about the breakthrough where are you are you in a position that you're gonna demand this breakthrough that you've been waiting for for so long will the Lord find faith when he returns to the earth is there faith in the house this morning that this message that is coming at you by the spirit of God to activate you into the breakthrough that you've been seeking and, and waiting for God for don't be like this man. Be like the ones that we're going to read a little bit about now. Verses 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said one to another. Why are we sitting here until we die? Oh, I just love when people have intelligent spiritual conversations. It's just so interesting. Forget the fact that they had leprosy. These men are intelligent as far as I'm concerned. And that's more important than some people who have all of their skin on their body without a spot. But there's nothing in the head that's actually spiritually that's actually causing them to have a, this type of conversation that they, that they are having now why are we sitting here until we die if we say we will enter the city the famine is in the city and we shall die there and if we sit here we die also now therefore come let us surrender to the army of the Syrians if they keep us alive we shall live and if they kill us we shall only die so what's the difference if you die three days before, you know? Right? That's how they, this is the math that they did. You know? And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of, 
of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord, listen to me, for the Lord, our God, for the Lord, no army, the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said one to another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Didn't the Lord speak the word? This is our God, you know. He didn't, he didn't call up a, a human army. Oh, when the body of Christ really begin to agree together concerning some of these leaders that we have globally, especially in communist countries, and get God to deal with them strongly. When we begin to come together in agreement as one, these miracles will return to the earth. The power of God will show up like this. And an army that is nuclear armed will disappear in a day, will surrender in a day because of the rumblings that God will make happen in the spirit. Verses 8, And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank. Oh my God, didn't I tell you these guys were smart and intelligent? Eh? Ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Cover up those sores with a little bit of silver and gold. Amen? And some nice raiment. And when they came back and entered, and then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. And now, the fear of God take them now. And then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. Kind of like us who are in the pews, come to Christ and hearing about the abundance of riches, salvation, healings and all of those type of things. And we walk by everybody on the streets. Timid, not sharing Christ. We go to Walmart and see a washing machine half price and come and paint the whole town red telling everybody that they don't need a, and they don't even need a washing machine but surely everybody needs to have salvation why are we waiting on if we wait until morning light some punishment will come upon us and they're right i hope you know the people the, the leprous men it's the spirit of god that is communicating this to them and yet still we never read that these men were churchgoers and believers. And yet still, the word that God had spoken through the prophet is coming to pass even through them. And they're actually eating of the first fruits. And sometimes we're in the pews. And God is actually moving people on the outside. And they're doing more than us. Isn't it time we wake up? Now therefore, come let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to, some, to the Syrian camp and surprisingly no one was there, not a human sound. Only horses and donkeys tied and the tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household inside. 
So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, this is the king that heard that word, that tomorrow rice and flour are going to be very, very cheap in the gates of Samaria. And listen to the king's response. Let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, please, please, I'm hungry, I'm dying. It's our last chance. Listen, I beg you, please, let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. That's why sometimes it's good to have good, uh, godly people around. Right? That when you, when you have a little bit of anxiousness for a moment, they might assert the word of God and strengthen your faith again to believe God. Please, let, let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed Again, they're having the same type of conversation that the leprous men had. What do we have to lose? We're dying anyway. So let us send them and see. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrians' army, saying, Go and see. And they went after them to Jordan, and indeed all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. Then the king went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. Now the king get up, huh? plundered. Huh? He rose up with his army now on their hungry bellies. So listen, so a seer of fine flour, and forgive me if I'm not pronouncing that word right. I don't really care about the, 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 all of that right now. So a seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seers, for bar, for seers of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord my father and my king and my God who is it that we serve a mighty God that brings his word to pass everything that he speaks now the king had appointed now the king had appointed the officer of whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate listen to this now but the people trampled him in the gate and he died just as the man of God had said who spoke when the king came down to him the one that had doubt the one that had unbelief concerning the word that God was releasing through the prophet and the prophet spoke and said you will see but you will not eat taste of this they trampled him so it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king saying two seers of barley for a shekel and a sea of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria then that officer had then that officer had answered the man of God and said now look if the Lord would make windows in heaven could such a thing be? And he had said, In fact, you shall not see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. See that? So the leprous men, because of faith, without hearing that word, they received. And this man heard from the prophet himself and he died. What conversations are you having with God? When that spirit of might comes on you, 
Are you speaking accordingly? Are you acting accordingly? Because God is not coming here to do it for you. That's one thing I realized really quick. That's why I run my mouth left, right, and center. Because I realize that if I don't do that, if I don't speak, if I don't believe, if I don't act, if I will tolerate a scenario that God really wanted me to be out of a long time ago. And I'm still hearing God in that space. And I think it's okay. No. You have to go back and assess. You have to assess. There's fire in the building. You only have so much time to live. You either get going or you get burned. Refuse to tolerate that situation. Number two, be filled with righteous indignation. Be filled with righteous indignation, not anger. Righteous indignation. Listen, you know, I hope you know that your emotions, even though the enemy can sometimes, you know, use them contrary to how we want to be them to be used, the emotion still was put inside of us because of God. And they actually help us even to protect ourselves. Think about when you get angry. Angry. Right? The Bible says, be angry and sin not. And don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But anger can actually be beneficial. Because if somebody, some, if you are in danger, someone is about to do harm to you. And you go, in a moment's time you got angry and you smack that person out. You could have just saved your life. Listen, when, you, when you're being activated spiritually, just like how God gives you all of this wisdom and your senses and your mind connected to the senses and all of what's happening there to operate in the material world, spiritually, you're alive now. I hope you know that there is, in the realm of the spirit, your spirit is a tangible thing. It's a person, it's an individual connected to God and it's just impulses that you're getting literally impulses that you have to carry out just like oh information comes to you in regards to your bank account that you see you don't have enough money for the mortgage and you go let me make an adjustment and get an extra job or whatever and pay my bills I hope you know that's how you operate spiritually spiritual understanding and wisdom your spirit man is there with all of embodied empowered with everything that you and I need to make the material world go, just go pregnant with this, pregnant with that, pregnant with this, manifest this, manifest this, as so you need it, by the grace of God, it just happens. You speak it, or you take advantage of an opportunity that God, God has given you, and you bring it to pass. That's what we taught on the principles, that we might get to this time, these type of um, teachings about receiving the blessings of God. Amen? And let's go to, um, do I have time? Judges. I'm going to quicken up this one so I can finish on time. Judges 15. And let's read from verses 1. Let me tell you something, guys. Don't walk within the confines of your past. Don't walk within the confines of of your mind we have an ability to step out of ourselves, to step out of our past 
to step out of everything that is hindering us. If you can just allow this, this little frame here is the problem, my father, and the mind that is connected to it. Oh, it hinders us. And we allow it to hinder us. Many times, we will be jumping, springboarding, and having all different kind of breakthrough, except we're holding ourselves back. We're holding ourselves back. Imagine this. Think again on this scripture, that we are the sons of God. The sons of God. What would the sons of God do? Oh, my father. That scripture alone, if God had given me that scripture alone, my father, I don't know what I wouldn't do on the earth. Sons of God. Daughters of God. Let me tell you something. You need to begin to rise. We need to begin to rise. Oh! Judges 15 verses 1. After a while in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. You, you know, if you want to catch up with this, you're going to have to read your Bible. Eh? You get familiar with these things. Because we can't make one sermon and teach you the whole deal. Eh? And catch up with the previous and the after. So you better read so you might, you know, connect the dots. Run through that Bible. Get a Bible plan. Amen? Amen, people of God. Listen, show me that you're here still, you know. Show me that you didn't check out and leave me here all alone. And go, who this guy think he's talking to me? Show me that you're here. That we're, we're changing and being transformed and being renewed and becoming all of what God has spoken in his word that his sons and his daughters should be. And after a while, in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visit, visited his wife with a young goat and he said, let me go to my wife into her room. But her father would not permit him to go in. Her father said, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her. Please take her instead. Man, they operated really cold in those days, eh? I mean, man, a man come and ask me about my daughter. Man, you're dead. No kidding. And you want the second one? You're kidding me. I don't, no wonder God only gave me one. And then I would have to arm myself. Well, and Samson said to them, this time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. Didn't God literally send Samson and give Samson to Israel that he might, you know, really rough up the Philistines? Huh? Especially them that had those big giants. Then Samson went and caught 300 foxes and he took torches, turned the, tail, turned the foxes tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. When he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up the, the shocks. That, those are the stalks of barley or whatever. And the standing grain as well as the vineyard and olive groves. Then the Philistine said, Who has done this? Listen, I tell you something. Sometimes God wants us to cause a little bit of trouble. We're too nice. We are too nice. Because this would seem like, what is Samson doing? He's burning up all of their crops. What is God doing in, involving this wrong? Isn't it wrong? Most of you will tell me it's wrong. What? But listen to this now. Then the Philistine said, who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken, has taken his wife and given her to, to his companion. So the Philistines came up and burned her 
and her father with fire. Samson said to them, Since you would do a thing like this, I will surely take revenge on you. And after that, I will cease. So he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock, Etham. I hope you know it's the power of God that he used to lay them out. The power of God. And yes, he was the one that burnt down the, um, their crops. I know there's a history there. But they are enemies of God. And he's put there to plunder them. And make sure that there's no rest on the land. Verses 9. Now the Philistines went up and went up and camped in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? So they answered, We have come up to arrest Samson, to do to him as he has done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Etham and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, We have come down to arrest you. <laughs> they come down to arrest. I don't want to say the hawk, because the hawk can't match Samson. You know the hog, the hog that you see, you guys see on um, TV screen. I hope you know it's just the Bible that they're reading and giving it their own twist and taking your money. But if you really want to have a talk about superhero, go read your Bible. Men that God anoints. Amen. Then Samson said to them, "Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves." So they spoke to him, saying, "No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand." but we will surely not kill you. And they, and they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Look at this now. Then the Spirit of God came mightily upon him. The Spirit, you see how God is supporting Samson? And that's how God supports us in what we're doing. When we are accomplishing accomplishing his design and his will for our lives he supports us like that and the ropes that were on his arms became like flats that it burned with fire and his bonds broke loose from his hands he fought he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it and then made a song then Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. My father in heaven. You can you just picture him for a moment. Do you got an imagination on you there? That you brought it, bring it to church you did this morning? Just picture Samson, this massive man of God, just walking with this donkey jawbone, and he just slayed a thousand. Ah! A thousand. Because the Spirit of God came on him. Let me tell you something. Samson knew how to trigger the anointing. He, know, he knew how to stir up something around him and trigger the action of God to go boom. We're not doing that. We're not going into, you know, the danger zone. We are too scripted in our walk. We are too trained to act and to think and to speak by this world system here. Or else we would have been 
demolishing and, and causing the kingdom of God to take towns and cities and countries just boom 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 like that it's the same God and he has his body now we are too easily distracted God would support us in the things that we're doing with if he had to shake the earth if he had to sink a city he would do it and he has done it before but the bride the bride the bride the bride is sleeping oh wake up bride of Christ wake up from from your slumber and let Christ arise on you oh my father in heaven we need to start taking chances and so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramath Lehi. You can go do a little bit of research on that. I'm not telling you what I found out. Then he, came, then he became very thirsty, so he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? And that's what's holding us back. You know, that is what's holding us back. But when this righteous, you know, anger comes on you, you know God will take you at rest. You just go out and do whatever. And then come back to your God and let him supply all of your needs. Since you read it in scripture and quote it all the time. My God shall supply all my need according, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I hear it in church all the time. And not, not happening, you know, nothing not happening. Pure memory in the brain. And now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. So God split the hollow place that is in Lehi and water came out. You see that? When you reach the end of your road, you walked out because of inspiration from God, you trigger the supernatural power of God to come and do that type of stuff. You trigger the power of God to come. And God can still cause water to come out of the rock. Except nobody not putting no demand on the rock. Start putting demands on the rock. And he drank and his spirit returned and he revived. And then he named that place too. You can go check that out. Be filled with righteous indignation. Samson goes, you know, and he took on those Philistines. Man, I wish I was sometime ago. Why was I not in the Old Testament, man? You know, oh. I could have a little bit more expression, a little bit more muscle, a bit more bulk, physically, and I could have used it, you know? But anyway, in the spirit, you and I are as mighty and strong as Samson. Yeah. We are powerful in the spirit. Be filled with righteous indignation. And then the last one, exercise spiritual violence violence exercise spiritual violence you know timid weak god no 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 not the one that i bowed down out there to this morning uh, not that one no that's why he gave you his word that you might have revelation no timidity. Yes. Be led by the Spirit of God. Yes. 
It's not by your will and might. All of this can happen and operate within the confines of, confines of God's word and being led by the spirit. You can do, be this destructive spiritually. Okay? And God says, well done my son, well done my daughter. We're not talking about reckless behavior. No. We're not talking about careless behavior. No. We have the understanding spiritually i know when god put me in a situation and it's time for me to speak that he might release that anointing through me i know and at that time is when i i do like what samson does you know he would shake himself as at other times and the spirit of god would come so whatever it is you don't have to be a loud mouth like me it's okay whatever triggers you let that be your trigger to put you in motion that something might happen that something might happen God cannot have all of this power create all of this world we see, the, we see what the devil is doing tell me now isn't it that we the bride of Christ is holding back and not God tell me now and every man and every woman and every child nod your head in agreement because you know I'm not lying that God wants to release more on the earth he wants to release more exercise spiritual violence Matthew 11 oh! God Almighty. Oh. Matthew 11 and verses 12. Oh! Let's start at Matthew 11. Start at 11. Assuredly, I say unto you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he and from the days of John from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence take it by force John was the first one to preach this message here and then our Lord and we see the combat huh? the war that has been around since that time and look at your Lord in motion one man taking on the whole world look at the devastation in a good way that he brought signs wonders miracles were flowing out of the heavens consistently the blind get in their sight the deaf oh leprosy being moved off people's skins the dead are being raised oh my father in heaven the supernatural component of God that is missing from the church of Jesus Christ even now oh I ain't doing it guys 
sense. How much do you wanna do you wanna die a coward, a chicken? Oh my father. Are you gonna have your day before you exit this dimension? It's preparation. Listen, look at what the Lord did. For all of his life, he's been prepared for a three-year ministry somewhere around there. Some people will make a big deal because I said three years and they think it's three and a half. Get a life. We got bigger business than that to take care of. We're not going to major in the minors. Oh! Because there are souls that the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross and got nails in his arms and in his feet for. We're more concerned about them than some of the religious activities that happen in churches and people argue over. Because Jesus never did that. He just simply put those religious people in their space and then moved on and released that anointing. Released that anointing. Violence. Setting the captive free. The people that the devil had bound huh, for generations. Very explosive ministry the Lord had. Explosive. Three years. My King and my God. What He wants to do in us. Get rid of the limitations that are in your mind. Get rid of all of that influence from your own country and your own community. Oh, I am from here, so this is, the, this is how we are. If you name Christ, you're no longer from there. No. If you name the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a citizen of heaven. And you need to break off some of those family affiliations that are negatively affecting what God can do through you. Because those things sometimes limit us. You have to, if you're going to express God and this dimension of God, God Almighty, you got to be a man, you got to be a woman. That when you go in your room, in your space, and you're locked down, it's you and your vertical, you and God. And, he, and I'm telling you, and when you come out, you're ready like David. You're ready like Samson. To take on the devil and slay your Goliath. And slay the Philistines that are in your life. The devils that are in your life. He's looking for conduits. Sold out people. Some of us. Money hold us back. By midweek. By midweek. Even the tithes and the offering that we brought to church. We are, what, we are regretting that we released it. No kidding. Let me expose. We are regretting. Oh I could have. You know. I could have bought a new car. And you just had the down payment. And then you come up, up here and I'm speaking in tongues and say you want to do this. And you doubt that God can take care of your finances. You ain't slaying a ant. Not even an ant with that kind of faith. God will press you. 
it will cause you to give that offering for a year and no, no increase. Can you believe him then? I'm just using money because North Americans understand the language of money very well. Talk to them any other way, but money, they get that. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. You have to get tired of your situation. Filled with righteous indignation. And then exercise spiritual violence. My mic is not turned up too loud. I'm doing it on purpose. It's the combust that happens here by the unction of the spirit that it might ignite a fire inside of you. Boom! And you won't walk out anymore and doubt God. I don't care what situation presents itself. You never doubt God. You watch the devil do whatever he's do his dance and do his dance and do his dance. And then you go, but I have covenant with God. Let him go. I have covenant with God. He looks into the areas of my life. And the only thing that happens is what he allows. Dominance. We have been put here to dominate. Are we ready to dominate? Are we ready to take over? Are we ready to step out and step beyond ourselves? Aren't you tired of being the person that you see in the, in the mirror? Every day I'm tired of that guy. I'm tired of the anointing that I have. I'm, I'm down here say, Lord, where is the fire that you spoke of when you called me here? Am I not ready for it? The other night he gave me a dream and he sent one of the ministers that I listened to all along. And I'm saying, Lord, what happened to this guy and that anointing? Because the guy was praying over rags and giving it to people and they were getting healed and they were falling over. And I said, Lord, what happened to that power component of the miraculous? And the guy came in my dream and I said, and he's younger than me. And I said, pray for me, pray, pray in my dream. I'm talking to the man. I go, pray for me. I might not see you again because I know you guys are hard to find because you're speaking all over the world. Who am I to? I said, pray for me. And the man got up and walked away from me. He said, pray and read your Bible. Oh! And I came down here and prayed down for three hours. I was so mad. I was so mad. And I'm talking back to his spirit. I'm saying, ah, can you hear me now? Next level. I'm contending for the breakthrough. Which area are you contending for breakthrough in? Deliverance? Healing? Christ, oh Lord, he still does those things. Zero in on that breakthrough. Whatever it is, climb the ladder, the ladder spiritually and get yourself to that place. Get yourself to that place where finally the power of God can be dispensed to you. That's why we're not this, we're sitting pat in this ministry. We're sitting pat. I know. I watch right now, Banky too. And I go, I can do it too. That's my attitude. I say, I, I'm, not, I'm not chasing none of them. I'm not, I'm not globe trotting prophets, you know. I'm ministers, you know. No, no. I don't even like flying. But I'll go if the Lord send me. I, I don't have time. I'm contending personally to talk to God. 
not necessarily through a man. I'm contending for anointing, for that grace that is on their lives. I want it here to come on me. Reading books, all that does, it stir me up to go see God. Listening to their messages, it only stir me up to pray. That's it. Because I am hard to entertain. I want the power myself. I hope you guys want the power. Want the wisdom. Want all of what God created you to be to come to pass. That's what I'm saying to you. Amen? Ha! So Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And I thank you for the patience of your people to hear, oh God. And I pray now, oh God, that anointing that was on Samson, oh Lord, of might, let it come on your people, oh Lord God. Ha! Let it come on your people, oh God, of strength, oh Lord God. That we might step out, oh Lord, and slay the devils that are before us. Yes. Give your people faith, oh God, and sustenance on the inside. That they will not faint during the week, oh God. For they will remember who you are and what you can do. And that they belong to you. Raise up an uncommon people in this ministry, O oh Lord. An uncommon people, O oh God, of signs and wonders. Ha! Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you praise and thanks. Amen. Amen. Praise God.